0: I am a master, right now, and know the shine coming after. What's going on, Kathy? How you
1: doing? What's going on? Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on. How you doing? What you been up to?
1: Just been in, still locked down, quarantine in California, unfortunately, but <laughs> just trying to get by.
0: How's the weather out there now?
1: Oh, the weather's always cool. It's actually pretty hot this week, though, but it's it's better than being cold, I guess.
0: <laughs> facts, facts. What have you been doing to, uh, you know, combat this pandemic? I know a lot is closed out there, huh, still?
1: Yeah, so basically I can't do any, like, basketball games. There's no events going on, and that's kind of the main thing that I shoot, so... I mean, honestly, the first like couple months of lockdown, I was just at home by myself, just trying to like, you know, just stay away from everybody. And then as I think people start realizing that the virus isn't as deadly as people initially thought, I think people are starting to loosen up a little more. Um, so actually at the very beginning of quarantine, I started getting into gardening, which seems like very random, but I just like didn't sit in the house anymore. I was going crazy. So I have like a whole vegetable garden, flowers, like all this stuff, but it was actually pretty relaxing and fun. And then, um, I started trying to work on doing photo shoots because I normally do, you know, action photography, natural lighting. And I was like, let me try to learn how to, you know, As a photographer, an artist, like you should never be done or satisfied with your skill. You always got to keep learning more. So I started learning how to do more photo shoots uh, and then I would invite whatever players were in town, like come over, you know, let me test out some pictures. So I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, There's been a couple of workouts here and there, um, but for the most part, like nothing too crazy. I started working on my clothing line more during lockdown.
0: that's dope by the way it's been super dope I I see you doing your thing shout
1: out to you no thank you yeah I've been doing shorts and I'm working on some other things so that's been really fun so I think I'm just this year's been I wouldn't say it's been bad like of course being at home and all that stuff has been really difficult but as far as like being able to work on myself and my craft a little more that part's been good because I never have enough time to focus on myself so that part's been nice
0: That's dope. That's dope. Have you been able to go to uh, any open runs out there?
1: There's been a couple. I think gyms are still shut down in California. I don't know if they've opened them yet, but there's some ones like on the low. So I'll go, you know, shoot those when I can. But it's not the same. It's not like the the ones at UCLA, like with everybody. It's just kind of a couple guys here and there. But yeah, I always find a couple of them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. So... You uh, you have this saying. Your favorite NBA players' favorite photographer. Right.
1: What do you
0: What do you have to say about that saying?
1: Uh, so I was doing an interview with ESPN Women a few years back, and um, at the end of the article, they were doing an interview, and they said, "What's your title? Like, what, do we call you an NBA photographer?" And I was like, "No, because I don't work for the NBA. I've never worked for the NBA. I don't. I don't want to be called that." So at the end, when they published the article, they titled it your favorite NBA player's favorite photographer. And then it kind of stuck. And then now every time I go somewhere like that's kind of the title. And I felt like it kind of described what I do perfectly because I don't work for anyone specifically, but I am like a player photographer. So it kind of worked out. And that's why yeah. I, I didn't make it up.
0: <laughs> I mean, you you pretty much created your own title, though.
1: Yeah. No, I created my own job position for sure. So that's been fun. That fire. That's
0: fire. <laughs> so what inspired you to, to get into taking and capturing these amazing pictures?
1: Well, um, I played I played basketball in college actually. I wasn't like okay. super good, but I played you at play Glendale. I played oh, yeah. at Glendale College, a, a local community college. And then it kind of inspired me because I I would make friends with the other athletes at the school and I was already interested in taking pictures as a hobby. So I would kind of take pictures of the guys teams or my teammates when I would have free time. And then I had a professor there and I was taking like a Photoshop class. And what he used to do is he would make videos that they'd show before Laker games. You know how they like drop down the screen and they have like a cool highlight he would make those and so he was like why don't you take your love of basketball and your love of art and just combine the two together so he's the first person that kind of showed me that i can make a career out of basketball and art and um I continue to to do that. yeah for sure and so then what's the, what's the
0: professor's name uh, ben
1: Barden's professor ben Bar- i still keep in touch with him he's super shout
0: dope. out to professor ben barton <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, exactly and so then I, I transferred to Cal State Northridge and I retired from playing basketball. It wasn't for me, but I still love being around the sport um, and I understand it very well. So I continue to take pictures there. And then in 2011, when the NBA lockout happened and trust me, I was not good at taking pictures. This is like strictly a hobby. But when the lockout happened and I had heard about the Drew League and I drove down there, there was no photographers. The only person there was like Bala's Life and Hoop Mixtape and Mars Real. It's like video highlights, no still camera photographers. So I just showed up, took pictures. By the next week I was, you know, the Drew League's photographer. And I would just go down there for free, basically take pictures and network. And I did it all summer. And that's kind of my first taste of like getting in this world. But it wasn't like I wasn't a real photographer according to like you know, all the newspaper outlets, the NBA, like nobody wanted to hire me after the lockout. They weren't like, you're a photographer. We're going to hire you. They're like, that's cool. You shot the, you know, lockout, but nobody cares kind of attitude. And that's what wow. kind of made me. It kind of forced me to keep trying to find players in the off season and shoot on my own because nobody wanted to hire me. And then that's around the time Instagram started coming out. And then I kind of oh, hopped God. on that wave early and it kind of just like blew up from there
0: no so you said early on you weren't even getting paid to shoot at the drew league
1: no i never got paid to shoot at the drew league like it was really it was really just kind of like an i they give me access like they make sure i have like a front row seat or whatever but um it was just like the passion of it i would go there all day saturday all day sunday take free pictures you know whatever six to eight hours a day drive home edit everything and then send it to every single player and that's kind of how i started building relationships and i wasn't just there to shoot the nba players i was there to shoot the local players the overseas players because i went to cal state northridge i knew a lot of like d1 college players around la so i started shooting like i just i started to like really build in that community i was never trying to be like an nba photographer i just loved basketball and i loved hoopers because i was one too so yeah. i think it worked in my favor because i ended up building relationships with players who were just like local guys and now we're in the nba you know it kind of yeah. taught me to just like build relationships and then you just never know what will happen from there so
0: For those of you who do not know what the drew league is it is the top pro am one of the top ams in the country and the top pro am in los angeles and it breeds some of the greatest uh, players to ever play the game of basketball, and some of the top players all over the country. So it's dope. It's a dope league. For so sure. you speak on speak on relationships. How big is how big is having that relationship with the players?
1: It's everything, honestly. And I feel like in any industry, no matter what you're in, like relationships are the most important thing. Um, Of course, like me being a good photographer and having like a good work ethic, yeah, (laughs) like (laughs) all of that stuff, you have to have that too. But there's a lot of really good photographers out there who don't make it or don't work professionally. And I think it has to be a mixture and a balance of having good networking skills and relationship skills. So for me, especially not working for any, you know, newspaper, not working for any league my relationships with the players mean even more. So I have to, you know, I mean, that's how you and I met was through basketball. So I feel like a lot of times, um you just meet some cool people and then you like i said you don't know where they're gonna end up and a lot of players that i've shot who are top in the country supposed to be one and done and then they end up not playing basketball and doing something totally different and i could still have that relationship with those people and and it's really cool just getting to watch people grow and then if they want to come back and help me and work with me cool if not that's okay too like i don't ever expect anything from one person i do this because i genuinely like people and i like taking pictures. So um I feel like if you get into this for the wrong reasons, especially now with social media, it's easy to just kind of follow the hype of this Back. person has a lot of followers, so I'm gonna shoot them. And then when they don't make it, you know, then you feel disappointed. But that that's not what it's about. It's really about, like I said, building relationships and and just, you know, overall quality of life and, and getting to know people. So I think it's I think it's fun for me because it's an adventure and you never know where you're you're gonna end up. So <laughs>
0: That's dope. So essentially you created, did you ever have like an internship?
1: No. I've so you like, created I your own internship. Just, <laughs> I went from, you know, I, I was like my internship would be like taking pictures really? when I was a college athlete. Like I guess that okay. was kind of it, because I was in the middle of, you know, I was a student athlete. So you gotta wake up early, work out, then you got class all day, then you got workout at night, you got games. I mean, to you know me, know, I felt know, like Chicago. I understood the grind. Yeah, our team sucked, but we still <laughs> have to put in all the work. Like, you know, so that was sort of like my, I don't know, like internship. But yeah, I've never worked for, I've had internships. So when I was in college and I graduated, um, I wanted to be a visual effects artist. So I never went to school for photography. I wanted to do like animation and and TV shows, like like visual effects, special effects Um, on the computer. And so I had an internship at a studio for probably like 12 months. Like it was a long time, unpaid internship. I'm competing with like 17 other people who went to art schools. Uh, You know, I went to like a, a state school and it was like a lot of competition and out of everybody, only two of us got hired and I got hired. So at the end of the lockout, I was actually working as a visual effects coordinator slash producer on like huge TV shows and movies in Hollywood. And then I would like get off work and go straight to the like Long Beach State basketball game and take pictures. And I was just and I was working like 12 to 15 hours a day and then still getting off work to take free pictures. So I really realized like my passion, like I was working here for money, but my passion was definitely being around basketball. So but it's hard when you're not making money and you got to pay bills. So (laughs) it was like a balance. Yeah. I mean, but if
0: you love it, you don't really look at it like it's work.
1: No, for sure. But I definitely understand, like, especially in Hollywood, trying to be an intern, like, you're getting coffee for people, you're getting lunch for people, you're getting yelled at by producers. You're like, I did all Isn't that bad. That.
0: I've heard about that. Is it that bad?
1: That bad, and then finally, when you get a job, it's like you make no money. I was one week I worked eighty hours in one week, so it was Whoa. that's how much people work in two weeks. For free? One time I worked uh, twenty four hours straight, and I decided to go home because you don't get you get overtime pay, but after twenty four hours, like the day resets. Okay. Okay. But I don't think people. I don't even know if you're allowed to work twenty four hours straight. Like, but that's nah, how I bad think it I think,
0: was. I, think that's
1: I know, I but think that's you know, it was just like. It was just like I was trying to grind it out, and I thought that was my first passion, but I just kept getting drawn back into basketball. And I ended up, I was only there for like a year and a half, and they actually let me go because I talked about basketball too much. And they were like, <laughs> You gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta, go
0: gotta get out of here. You gotta, gotta do something yeah. else. I mean, but that's your passion, and that, that's what you <laughs> love. And now, now you're doing what you love. I right. find it so subdu- dope. I keep going back to you. You created your own job position. I think right. that's so dope. I think that's so dope. Yeah. You know what people don't know? People don't know that you uh you created one of the greatest memes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the Nick Young meme.
1: Yep. Speak yeah. on
0: that. Speak on that. So in two
1: thousand thirteen I just realized I was having a lot of really dope access to players. And at the time, you know, Instagram was barely a thing. There was no Snapchat stuff like there was no really behind the scenes content of NBA players at all. And I was kind of in this space where I was able to take pictures, but I felt like pictures were only telling so much of the story. So I ended up deciding I wanted to film video. And I was like, I'm going to do a day in the life. It's called Through the Lens. And Nick Young was the first person I decided to film. And he had just come off of like a bad season with the Sixers. He was like in L.A. early in April. And I was like, can I film a day in your life? You know, I met him at the Drew League. And he was like, sure. And they, he just had this whole day planned out. And I really didn't know what I was doing or just filming um and then we went to his mom's house and like if you think Nick Young's funny like his mom is 10 times funnier <laughs> than him like she's so funny. So then when we were at the house she just started saying all these funny like childhood stories and then one of them finally triggered Nick and he was like, "What?" you know, like he, he hit that <laughs> face. And it's funny cuz when you watch the original video, it's so quick. It's just like, "What?" and then oh. you don't think about it, but For some reason, because I told you I have a visual effects background, so I'm really good at like computer graphics and all that. I decided to like pause the video and add question marks. And I don't know why it took me like four hours to get it just right. And, you know, even my my friends and family were like, why are you so obsessed with this? I was like, I don't know. I just need to put question marks right here. And then, you know, when I uploaded it to YouTube, somebody ended up screenshotting it posted it on Twitter, and then it became like, I, I thought it was only going to be viral for, you know, maybe like a few months, like most memes are, but that it's like, meme. That it's already me. it seven meme. years later and people still post it all the time, so it's it's really interesting. I've never had something go so viral before, and, and you you know, think that's Nick your gets most viral? a lot more credit because his face is in it, you know, <laughs> but yeah, that's probably the most viral thing I've ever had, but I mean, I've had a lot of things go viral, but I think it's hard to well, say that, you know, that's probably the most viral. Thing for sure.
0: You said 2013. That's still going around today in 2020.
1: Yeah. That's so maybe not insane. everybody knows that I made it. But when I tell them I made it, they're like, oh, I've seen that. So it's kind of funny to yeah. think, like, even if you don't watch basketball, oh, the guy with the, you know, the confused <laughs> theme with the question marks. Like, yeah, that's an NBA you player. <laughs> that, I'm
0: sure you could show that picture to pretty much anybody with social media and yeah. at least 85 to 90 percent of people would have <laughs> seen that meme before that's exactly. made it around. so seven years is a long time for something to keep just going around
1: exactly so exactly. it's kind of cool it's it's definitely been a challenge just trying to you know get my credit for it because you know it's hard you don't get money like if i got money off of it it'd be different but I really don't. And so I have to also be careful like if people use it in commercials and all that stuff they can't do that that's definitely illegal. So You're I have to like monitor where it goes but you know it's been it's been fun to just watch how something I made in my living room has gone and been seen by billions of people. So it's
0: billions. Different. Billions, <laughs> not millions, billions. Billions
1: for, for sure. Yeah. Easily. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's different. So how do you go about cuz you have this unique style your pictures like your pictures are so different from everyone else's, like how did you develop such a keen eye like that? Would you I say just like through practice
1: like a, yeah it 's like a mixture of practice, and you know I, i've told people before like when I was growing up, my dad would take pictures as a hobby. And he had like a pretty decent camera and he would take pictures of me and my brother and just capture moments like that was always his thing. It was always about like just capturing us hanging out or just doing different things. So when I grew up, I associated taking pictures with capturing moments, not so much photo shoots or like the technical aspect. I wanted to capture emotion and I wanted people to feel something when they saw a picture, not just see something. And they're like, oh, yeah, that was an event. It's like you feel like you're a part of it. So I ended up um, like when I started taking pictures, it was all about just capturing moments. And I feel like as I got into the sports world, it kind of like it was already ingrained in me to capture moments. But now I was also capturing, you know, on court stuff, off court stuff. And it kind of just my style kind of developed a little more. Um, You know, I was actually just. I sent a picture to one of the NBA guys the other day. And to me, I felt like it was just, like, it was a nice picture, but it wasn't anything crazy. And he wrote back and was like, it's crazy how you know how to make someone feel emotional off of a picture. And it was just, like, Yeah, yeah. Like, really yeah. like but, you
0: just have this touch yeah. to it. Like, it, it's very different. Because, you know, a lot of people take pictures of athletes. Yeah. But yours, like, it's like you yeah. get that Cassie Athena stamp. It's like, <laughs> <I think.
1: laughs> Yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah, I feel like. And then over the years, just building my name. I mean, think about it. The lockout was 2011. You know, it's already 2020. And even before the lockout, I was taking pictures in college. So it's been over 10 years that I've been developing my skill and my craft. But a lot of it has to do with, like I said, my relationships with players. When I get to know somebody, I know, like, You know, there's certain players where I know if I'm at the Drew League or if I'm at some Pro-Am and it's like two brothers that are playing together. Maybe one's in the league and one's not. And everybody's going to want to just shoot the player in the league. I know that player just wants a picture with his brother on the court. You know, so I kind of just get to know people. I I know you, every time you get a fast break, I know it's going to be some crazy dunk. Like, I kind of learn how people play and then it kind of helps me along the way too to get those extra special moments.
0: Would you say that's because you have an... you have an understanding of basketball and you have an understanding of just those relationships built in the locker room. So you, so that helps you yeah. with those pictures also. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. I know
1: the, the game. I would hope, I, I hope I know the game enough to know like this person's always going to drive left. And the, cause when I shoot other sports, it's a whole different ball game. Like I'm like, I don't <laughs> even know what's happening. I'm trying to keep up the basketball, I can tell you, like, what the bench warmer's position is, you know, like, I'm very just into the basketball world, so.
0: No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so let's, uh, let's shift topics here a little bit. So, you had a brain tumor, and you said it changed your life. Would you mind elaborating on that?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it kind of is self-explanatory, like, if anybody gets a brain tumor, it's definitely gonna change your life, and, uh, Just like the short version, like I was in college, I was a junior in college and I was um, in class one day with like this horrible headache. And all my classmates were like, you should go see the school nurse. And so I went down there and I never get headaches. And I just felt like when I turned my head, I would black out. Like, that's how weird I felt. And then the school nurse was like, oh, no, it's just midterms. You didn't sleep. And that's all it is. And then, but we'll have the doctor come. So then the school doctor comes in and he was like, yeah, it's probably just from lack of sleep and midterms, but also it could be a brain tumor. And I was like, like, where did that come from? Just so, threw that
0: in there? Like, also it could be a brain That's what he said? Just like that?
1: Yeah, just like that. Like, it's either lack of sleep or a brain tumor. And what he did is he, he's actually the one that triggered me to go to the hospital. He said, you should go to the emergency room and get a CAT scan and, and just double check. So I went to the hospital, um, You know my i was freaking out my parents were like no like there's no way it's a brain tumor you know and then i go to the hospital and i'm telling them hey you know in the emergency room i'm saying like i have this bad headache and they're like oh a college student with a headache like oh no you know they were really rude to me and so uh they ended up doing cat scans and then they're like oh you actually do have a brain tumor so um it was like a total weird situation how they ended up finding it uh, they didn't know how fast it was growing. They really weren't a hundred percent sure it was a tumor. I had to go get a second opinions from other doctors. And the whole process was like, you know, a couple months of just like figuring it out. But the one thing they knew is they had to remove it. And, um, I got diagnosed in February of 2009. And I, the only thing going through my head, I felt normal. Like there was nothing On top of that, they said my headache had nothing to do with the tumor. They said my headache was from midterms. Like, I was just tired. Like, they said the kind of headaches that come from brain tumors kill you within, like, an hour. So they were saying, like, my headache had nothing to do with the brain tumor. So it was kind of crazy that I ended up finding it. But they were like, we need to remove it. And I was like, well, I don't feel any different. And they said it was in my balance part of my brain. So they said I shouldn't be able to walk. I shouldn't be able to be coordinated. I shouldn't be able to do any of that. Um, so they let me wait till the summer. Cause all I was thinking is I don't want to spend another year in college. <laughs> like, so, um, in, Ju- in July of 2009, uh, is when they went and they did the surgery and it was like, it was super crazy. They had to shave the back of my head. Um, you know, and then I have like a metal plate on my skull. I had had 25 staples in the back of my head. And then because I didn't have any symptoms before they did the surgery. And then after they were poking around in the balance part of my brain, I, I didn't have any of my balance coordination for like three months. So everywhere I would walk, you know, I just imagine spinning in a circle ten times and trying to walk, but for three months. So that was kind of like I was constantly sick and nauseous. I don't like pain medicines. They'd give me like Vicodin, I wouldn't take it. So I literally would just take Tylenol after brain surgery. And um, and then I ended up like, you know, once I was able to walk again straight and kind of do all that stuff. Um, you know, I finished my senior year of college and, and now, you know, I have to go get checkups every now and then, uh, to make sure it doesn't grow back. Cause they weren't able to get a hundred percent of it, but I mean, I'm glad that it's gone and and that they found it, but it just like changed everything because it put my life in perspective. I was 21 when I was diagnosed. And sometimes when I get frustrated now, I'm like, I could have died at 21, you know, like I'm alive and I'm here. So it kind of made me realize, like, what is my bigger purpose? Like, what did God want me to do? And that's kind of when I started shifting my focus into photography and being around the sports world so you know even even now if i get frustrated i just think about like what i've been through and i'm like okay like i got this you know nothing is more serious than like a life-threatening anything you know so that's kind of where that came from and that's been you know my 10-year anniversary was 2019 so it's been 11 years now which is crazy to think about but it's cool like i'm glad that i'm here and i'm able to just do stuff that i love so
0: yeah. Yeah, Cassie, you're a warrior, man.
1: <laughs> a warrior, you.
0: Cassie. For real, for real, man. Thank you. So when did you when did you realize that you were it? Like you're Cassie <laughs> like yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like you were you're Cassie Athena. You're the photographer that everyone loves. You're the you're the picture that everybody wants. When did you realize that?
1: I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I try not to get, you know, too big-headed. So I feel like I'm always, like, too humble sometimes even for my own good. But I would say when I first started realizing I had potential to be like that was in during the lockout when players started coming up to me. Because I would take pictures and post them on Twitter. And then when players would come up to me and say, like, hey, can I get those pictures you took? Or, you know, hey, like, can you come to this event and take some pictures? And – That's when I was like, okay, I realized that what I'm doing is something that people enjoy. And then when people started posting and it was kind of going viral, um, I started realizing, all right, this is more. And then, I don't know, I probably took years after that. Like the lockout was like a special year, but after that, it kind of, it took a few more years because there was already other established photographers who were very threatened by me, which still don't really like me. but I realized that's when I started realizing like, okay, like I'm starting to threaten these like established photographers and I'm just trying to take some dope shots for the players. And so it's been like a journey. I don't, I don't know if there was ever a moment that was like, Oh damn. But, um, I feel like, you know, as players started to recognize me that I never met and they were like, Oh, I'm a big fan or just random people would come up to me on the street and like, Oh, I follow your photography. I'd say probably like the, the time that really made me realize like what, I was accomplishing was when I made my watermark t-shirts like when I have like you know like the watermark shirts and people I got, started one. I got one I got <laughs> <today>.
0: one <laughs> I award today and like when today. people
1: started wearing them so like not only that they were buying them as fans but also NBA players wearing them to games and you know to whatever functions when I kind of started seeing that stuff I was like I'm like, wow, these players could be wearing like any Gucci Louis Vuitton, you know, name brand. And they wore my Cassie, you know, Watermark shirt. And then I was like, okay, I'm starting to realize, you know, that Man, it's a thing. I'm that I'm there. <laughs> <mad. laughs> I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm her. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of surreal because I feel like I have so much more work to do, but it definitely, sometimes I have to stop and reflect because it's easy to get stuck in the moment of working. And you're, I'm always in the moment, I'm always working. And then when I get frustrated and I realize, how much I've done, I'm like, okay, like it's this pretty cool life I've had so far. So
0: <laughs> facts, facts. There is there's rumor out there that you're the only person who LeBron lets take pictures of himself. Uh
1: I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs>
0: like rumor has it that only you are allowed to take pictures of lebron that's what that's what
1: i heard (laughs) i i don't know because other people take pictures of lebron so i don't know how true that is but i think it's because i was telling him (laughs) he must have forgot the story like i just saw jay hands i shot him last weekend but i was telling him about a story that happened where i was the only person allowed to shoot lebron um it was okay new york fashion week in 2018 And I had flown out to New York to shoot Victor Oladipo. And I got to the, you know, I landed at like 7 in the morning. I had a red eye. And so I hit up Chris Brickley, you know, the trainer in New York. And I was like, hey, do you have any runs? I had never been to one of his runs. And he was like, yeah, come through. You know, LeBron's coming. Okay, like, of course, you know. And I had never met LeBron at this point. I've seen him a couple times at the UCLA runs. But, you know, he's so he's so famous the last thing I want to do is try to like be a groupie like oh my god LeBron please no so like I he's familiar with my work I was pretty sure but I was just gonna leave it at that so I go to the run there was like 10 photographers there that Chris had told to come um there was also like 20 NBA players who were playing in the run and then when LeBron walked in his bodyguard went up to everybody was like all cameras off no cameras allowed like and then all the other people were like, all right, cool, whatever. But for me, I was like, I don't think so. Like, I just got off of, like, a six-hour flight from L.A. I'm going to shoot whatever I want, you know. And so I was telling him, I'm like, yeah, like, Chris invited me and, you know, this and that. And the guy was like, I don't care. I don't know who you are. You can't shoot LeBron. And I was so angry. And then I, like, walked up to Chris Brickley. I was like, what's going on? And he was like, Cass, like, just, like, let it go. You know, they don't want want pictures i'm trying to be respectful blah blah and i was like what like no so i like walk over yeah because (laughs) to me i felt like there's other players i came there for i didn't come because of lebron nobody knew lebron was gonna show up you know it was a coincidence and so lebron was in the corner like tying his shoes and his bodyguard standing there and i walk up to the bodyguard i was like, "Look." I know you don't know who I am, but I promise you, like, I'm not a nobody, you know, I'm here with, you know, and I just named some random player. I'm like, I know all of the players here. I've worked with LeBron's company uninterrupted. Like, I, I don't, I'm not here to take pictures of LeBron. Like, with all due respect, like, I didn't come here for that. I just flew from LA to New York to shoot these other dudes. And the bodyguard was still like, I don't care. Like, and then LeBron heard me arguing. And then he like walked up and he came over to me and gave me like the biggest bear hug. He's like, thanks for coming out, baby girl. And like walked away. And in my head, I was like, oh, my God. But on the outside, like I got to keep my composure, right? Like this is, you know, I'm arguing with this bodyguard. So then I looked at the bodyguard. I was like, so we good now? And then he was like, like, yeah, you're good. So, um, (laughs) But in my head, I was like, yo, like what just happened? Like this is so crazy. So I was the only person allowed to shoot that day. And uh, w- when the run was over, I posted my pictures on Instagram like right away and LeBron like reposted them from my page and then gave me photo credit, which a lot of people told me like he doesn't really give photo credit that, you know, often It's really rare. So when he did it, it was just like everything started going viral and he was wearing like some, you know, Versace kith shorts yeah. and it was fashion week and then it was on ESPN. It was like the biggest like photo of the summer. And I was just like, wow, that was super dope. And then that's when LeBron just signed with the Lakers. So as he moved out here, I started shooting his son. And like now I'm like cool with LeBron. He actually, you know, whatever, follows me on Instagram. And I've shot him before. Hey. I'm not the only person allowed to shoot LeBron. I'm not like his exclusive photographer. But at that one event, I was the only person allowed to shoot him because I was so persistent. And I ended up, I ended up going with Victor Oladipo at the end of the week. We flew to Washington, D.C., Um, And he's like, yeah, we're going to be on an episode of The Shop. I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm about to see LeBron and his bodyguard again. And his bodyguard saw me, and he was like, yo, I promise I will never forget you. I have never seen anybody, like, try to (laughs) challenge me like that. And to this day, like, when I see the guy, like, he works with other players now. He's always like, Cassie, what up? He's like, I told you I'd never forget you. So I don't know what got into me, but sometimes I just feel, like, very defensive. And it's 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 harder, too, because I'm really the only female shooter in 90% of these situations. So I feel like sometimes I got to overcompensate for, like, hey, like, I'm not trying to get bullied here. Like I I earned my position to be in this gym. So that maybe that's what Jalen was telling you about. Was that story, story, but I um, didn't know how to
0: ask the question. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it was, it was definitely like one of the coolest shot. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. So you, you worked with LeBron and you worked with Steph exclusively. That you've yeah. been working with the top, top, and you work with a lot of other players, but
1: course, those yeah. two are
0: like in terms of like popularity, like the most popular players in the world as far as the NBA.
1: For sure. So how is
0: it work? How is it working with Steph?
1: Steph is like the nicest person. And I think what's so crazy is, you know, I work with all levels of players from whatever college, high school, rookie yes, do. To superstars. And like LeBron and Steph are, you know, and I don't hang out with them 24 seven. I don't know all about them, but in my experience of just working with them, they're two of the nicest people I've ever worked with. So it's like really cool to see that these guys are literally on top of the world and they're gonna treat people like just normal and be really cool and easy to talk to. So um, I started to get to know Steph cause I worked with Under Armour. So uh, in 2013 Under Armour, um, they brought me out to shoot the elite 24 And that was the first time I ever shot high school players. So uh, that class was like, the game was in, I want to say the game was 20, uh, yeah, 2013, but it was the high school class of 2014. So it was like D'Angelo Russell, Stanley Johnson, Devin Booker, you know, Miles Turner, like that whole class. And so I started, I went out there and that's when I first realized, okay, I got to keep working with high school players because it's easier to get access to them. I get to hang out with their parents and their siblings and build relationships. And then when they get to the league, like those are some of my closest friends in the NBA is that first high school class I shot. And, um, but I built my relationship with Under Armour. So I, when I went to all-star weekend, I would go out there for whatever other reasons. And then Under Armour would say, Hey, you want to come shoot Steph? Like we're you know, they had just signed him and they'd have me come shoot like a sneaker event or have me shoot whatever. And I was kind of like, Um, And Steph was still building. It was like his first all-star weekend. And so I would go shoot with Under Armour, shoot Steph. And uh, a lot of times I've noticed photographers, they want to keep separate from athletes. Like they don't want you to make friends with athletes, not just Under Armour. Every, the NBA, NBA teams, like wherever you work, they want to separate the photographer from the athletes. So um i ended up becoming cool with steph because i see him at team usa you know i kind of go to a little bit of every event and then me and steph started to get cool and then it got to the point where he started just hiring me on his own to shoot him at all-star weekend so um, because under armor would hire me and then they'd stop and then they would hire me and then they'd stop it was very inconsistent so for like um NBA All-Star Weekend in L.A., he just hired me for the whole week to follow him around, which was, like, the craziest All-Star because it was in my hometown. L.A. is lit, obviously. And then it was Team Steph versus Team LeBron. So like the stuff I got to do with him and Aisha was like, we went to the Ellen show. We went to Family Feud, Celebrity Family Feud. We went to, you know, I got to go golfing with him. We went to parties. We went to events, you know, charity stuff. And then when you're around Steph, like he attracts every other celebrity. So I got to meet, you know, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx. Like there's all these people I was around. And, um, you know, I've worked with Steph and Aisha. I got to go shoot his 30th birthday party. It was like super private, uh, but, you know, just seeing stuff like that, it was like, okay, this is really dope that, you know, I've built this relationship with these people and they're like way cooler than you could even imagine. So I definitely am a fan of Steph, LeBron, like these guys are off the court too. So, yeah.
0: That's dope, man. Shout out to you for real. That's <laughs> super dope.
1: <laughs> I know. It's crazy.
0: That's super dope. Did you ever see a brand get into where it's at today? Cause... I mean, it's kind of like having Cassie Athena shirts or having the Cassie Athena shirt. is like, that's the fad. It's lifestyle now. Like, your brand is like, more lifestyle. So I remember there was a time where I would wear your shirt around and people would be like, you know Cassie Athena? Do you know Cassie <laughs> Athena? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know Cassie Athena. <laughs> and, like, they would just be like, that's crazy. So yeah. did you ever see a brand get into that point?
1: I feel like I I never in my wildest dreams, even thought that, you know, like in my head, when I first started taking pictures, I felt like my biggest goal was to just sit courtside at an NBA game and take pictures. Like, because that was the, that was like the highest level you could achieve as a photographer. There was no lifestyle NBA, you know, like we talked about, I created my own job position. So because I created it as I went along, and it just it happened to be like that. If somebody would have hired me, like, right off the bat after, you know, the lockout, I probably would have never done what I do now. So it's kind You're of like I guy. didn't envision it. Yeah, I didn't envision it because I it, it didn't happen until it happened. So, uh, no, I never even thought, like, in my head, I just thought I'd be some, like, team photographer or work for Getty Images or something. And that was, like, cool with me. Like, I was – I still wanted to capture it, but – being able to have my own, you know, freedom and be able to, you know, like I have, I have NBA players come to my house and do photo shoots, you know, like it's so dope that, and I was even talking to one of them that was here during quarantine and I was like, I'm like, how many photographers? Because I was saying I, I couldn't get into the bubble because I don't work for anybody. And I was thinking about it. I was like, how many NBA photographers would you go to their house and do a photo shoot with? He was like, none. Like He's like, I'm only coming because it's you, you know? And I'm like, yeah, so
0: it's, you are there's like, pros
1: and cons. Like, I can't get into some events. But the bubble situation was weird. Like, normally, if it was just a regular NBA season, even though I don't work for the league, I could still find ways to take pictures at games. But um I still would rather have the lifestyle stuff because it's just it's different. It's more freedom, it's fun, more creative. I wanna do something different. And people who are remembered for stuff, it's because they do different things. You know, you can't do the same thing everybody else has done and expect to stand out. So right, exactly. I, don't know. I never pictured
0: said, it. sign, C sign, they didn't give you a press pass, huh? Um,
1: no, well, at first I was like getting I was able to take pictures and then I don't know they they got weird like I'm not trying to talk smack about see some but it was like <laughs> there was a there's an incident where I had gra- so I had graduated in 2010 but I would still go back and take pictures because Uh, you know, the lockout in 2011. And then I'm like, what do I have access to? I have access to the Big West Conference. And so I knew people that ran the Big West and they'd give me credentials. Now, mind you, like no offense to the Big West, but it's like a low D1 school. You know, I'm not trying to get into UCLA and sneak in. I'm trying to get into like the school that I graduated from to take pictures that I had taken pictures for for the last three, four years. And I remember there was like There was, like, a girl there that wanted to be a photographer because she wanted players to like her, and so – um there was a game where they forgot to leave me a press pass and I still just like walked in because nobody was like monitoring it and she went and told on me and she said like this girl is not allowed to be here she's not credentialed and they had like police officers from the campus come over and like kick me out in the middle of the game to the point where the players were like yo what are you doing like and they were like you gotta go and I'm like they just forgot my press pass like I'm an alumni of this school i am taking free pictures and they made it such a big ordeal they like grabbed me they like pulled me off they kicked me out and i like never went back to see Center to take pictures so um it, it kind of disappointed me because that was like the school that i went to and like since then it's been like different people that work there and they're like oh please like we'd love you to come and it's just kind of like it rubbed me the wrong way because like i went to that school and and it's not even i'm trying to help promote them so um and and that girl is nowhere now like she she just did it whatever because she was being petty i guess but you know that's kind of stuff i deal with along the way is there's a lot of people that get jealous petty some of them have way more power and control than she has i've had major brands like blacklist me from stuff because they want their photographers to get all the attention i'm not allowed to go to certain au tournaments because they want their photographers to get all the attention and to me i don't go to get attention. I'm not taking pictures to be more famous. I want to support the players. I want the players to post pictures and I want them to get on and be successful. But a lot of people, they see it different. They just see it as like, I don't know, I'm taking away from their attention. So I've had a lot of like weird drama. Like trust me, it hasn't been all good coming up to here. It's like constantly, every day there's some crazy thing that pops up that I got to deal with. But I feel like going through all of that stuff just teaches me later on when bigger things come up how to handle it better, you know. Like I might have, I might have handled the Cal State Northridge thing not so great, but now when I'm getting kicked out of an NBA game, I know how to handle it a little better. <laughs> so it's yeah, that's kind of you know I sneak in the games all the time. So to me, I'm not like now it just doesn't faze me, but it did kind of rub me the wrong the wrong way that like like Cal State Northridge kicked me out, but you know whatever.
0: It is what it is. It yeah. happens, it happens, it <laughs> happens. That's yeah. dope, man. All right, so let's 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 get to the quote segment. What is your sure. favorite Hello. quote? <laughs> I know I texted you last night, I threw you off, but what is your favorite quote and why does it resonate with you so much?
1: So I was trying to think about it and I don't I don't know if there's like a specific quote, but I remember um there's this big like OG photographer in LA he does events his name is Arnold Turner and like he shot everyone from like Aaliyah and Tupac back in the day to like he still does event photography he's he's one of the only photographers that like took me under his wing and was like let me show you you know just how to maneuver and talk to people whatever and I remember one uh one time he asked if I could help him work this billboarded event. It was like some music award show out here. And it was like billboard the music labeler, or whatever it is they had like a big party industry party and it was all these like music executives and like music artists and he needed me to shoot it because he had to go shoot another party and I was so nervous because I'm like I don't know any of these people and I know these are like super big like executives they're not celebrities but you know they're billionaires that run the celebrities so I was like, I can't do this, Arnold. Like, I'm too nervous. These people don't know me. I got to go up and ask them. Gonna take your picture, you know? Like, and he was like, "Look, you're in this room because you're meant to be here. So you need to act like you belong because you are supposed to be here." And I probably put but- the original quote, but like, it was something along those lines of like, you you have to know that you're supposed to be here in this one moment, and you need to you need to own it. And so. Um I feel like that whole it changed my whole mentality like that whole night I don't, I don't even know if I made any friends but I was like being charming and talking and next thing you know I'm like I'm networking with like these super big executives and everybody was super cool with me so um, I feel like a lot of it is just your confidence and just you have to, like, understand, like, hey, I'm supposed to be here. You can't ever act like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, I I, I hate when people say, like, I'm not supposed to be, you know, here. And I understand, like, they might be talking about statistics or whatever, but it's like you are supposed to be there because you're there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. um, you know, whatever statistics you beat, like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's what you're meant to be. So I feel like now that kind of confidence gave me the encouragement whenever I shoot events, even now, like I am supposed to be here, you know, this isn't some kind of like mistake or whatever. So I would say like those words that he said, they kind of like sat with me and I still, and Arnold is still like, he's still like my favorite ever, you know, I still keep in touch with him, but um, yeah, that's kind of like I learned from other photographers and other people about just that, that kind of stuff. And it's cool cause he does event photography and I was doing sports photography, but I took all of that confidence that he taught me. That's why I could go into a room with like whatever NBA player and be like, yo, sit down, I need to take this portrait, you know? And they're Like, all right, cool, you know? But I was, I was like, oh my God, do you mind? Like, if I take this picture, they'd be like, they'd feel awkward. So confidence is like everything, honestly. Even confidence. if you don't feel confident, you got to show your confidence. <laughs>
0: that's yeah. a fact, that's a fact. Well, shout out to you, Cassie. Um, I appreciate you coming on to the Craft Master podcast. I truly believe you epitomize mastery in your craft, so I appreciate you coming on. Um yeah, yeah legend at what you do. Keep inspiring. Keep doing what you're doing. And I hope to see you soon. chant.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's dope. Like I'm glad to see you. You know, doing this, I love to see athletes like taking their. Brand in their own hands and, and developing it whichever way they want. Like I hate when people say athletes are just they only Athlete. play sports. Like no, athletes are whatever they want to be and they play sports. You know, so that's no, I'm, I'm happy for you. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man.
1: All right, cool. Well, keep in touch. I, I look forward to seeing it. So
0: no doubt, no doubt. Appreciate you, Cass.
1: No problem. Take care. <laughs> All right. Keep your composure, can't let nothing hold you Fold you, Running over any obstacle Ain't nothing stopping you from perfecting your craft Just get in your bag, show the world what you're made of Craft mastery, ain't no rapper mad as me Insane, dedicated like